Hey everybody, I'm Cooch. And I'm Conan. All right, everybody, I'm here again with my partner in crime, Dr. Jeff Conan, and we're going to be talking leadership stuff. And I've got a surprise for Dr. Conan. It actually is probably a good time to remind our listeners how our podcasts are unscripted and unprepped. We do very little pre-advanced scripting of, of these podcasts. And it just so happened that I got my NATA news, this, this new edition, the May edition of the NATA news, just a day or two ago. And I flipping through on page 16. Um, there's a pretty scary, glossy picture of Dr. Conan's face as he is being inducted and or was inducted actually in the 2020 class of uh, the NATA Hall of Fame. And uh, because of COVID and all that, and the ceremony was uh, was delayed. But uh, coming up here in Philly, he's going to be inducted as one of the members of the 2020 class in the Hall of Fame. And what struck me here, Jeff, this is what I want to talk about on our podcast today, is one of the questions you were asked for this little expose piece on the story of your life here is, what's the most valuable advice that you've ever received? And I'm going to quote to you, and I hope you remember this, because I know you probably, now this is 2020, so you probably answered these questions quite a while ago. But uh, you are, you, you, I want to talk about the most valuable advice uh, we've gotten and that we even give our students and things like that today. But in, in honor of you being inducted into the Hall of Fame, I thought it's only fitting for you to, to uh, for me to remind you of this. So I'm going to read this quote to you. You said here, I can tell you exactly when they, so they asked the question and your response is, I can tell you exactly where I was sitting. A bunch of us were talking about different degrees and professional development opportunities. And Greg Deniger simply said, and here, and I quote, it really doesn't matter what degree you have. What matters most is what you do with the knowledge that you possess, end quote. From that day on, I realized that earning a degree was an accomplishment to be personally proud of, but putting the knowledge to use in a way that makes a difference was much more rewarding and valuable to more individuals than just myself. So your best advice you've ever received is, is for what I'm surmising here is make a difference, right? I mean, so talk about that advice and how that has impacted your career uh, to get you into the Hall of Fame. Well, first of all, um, yeah, this is unscripted. So how about a surprise? <laughs> and uh, for those listening, we, we usually come on here in about three minutes before we hit the record button. We say, okay, what's our topic of the day? And let's go at it. But uh, there was no advance notice for this one today. And I think I did write that quite a bit of time ago. But it's, uh, it's advice that has stuck with me for a long, long time. And uh, Craig Deniger for... Those of you that don't know, is uh, one of the professors up at UConn right now. Craig was one of my graduate advisors at the University of Virginia in 19. And so, uh, Craig, like many others, um, doesn't need to speak a lot, but when they speak, you listen. And, and his advice at the time was so powerful because I was younger and I was finishing a degree. And, uh, you know, you get to that finish line when you finish a degree. And the thought is, I've accomplished something. I'm finally done. But when the reality sets in, you're actually just beginning. And, and now you're beginning to utilize what you've learned in that program. And, and yeah, you know, Matt, we say this all the time within the DAT program. There's nothing magical 
when you cross a stage and are handed a piece of paper and add some letters to your name. What's magical is what happened between the day you started and the day you finished and how much of that information you comprehend, you interact with, and then you utilize and you implement. So for everyone out there, whether you're getting your master's degree, your doctorate degree, it doesn't matter what type of doctorate or any degree, the purpose, you know, people say, what's your why? The purpose is not just to get the degree, but it's what you will do with the degree. You will not only make a difference in your life, you will make a difference in the people around you because now you have wisdom to share. And it might be clinical wisdom and it might be leadership wisdom and it falls in many tracks. The number of people that we talk to, right? And they say, well, why should I get a DAT? And I don't like answering that question, honestly. What I like answering is, well, what is it you want to learn and improve to make a difference in your life and your career? And what, that's important whether or not it gets you a raise or something, right? Because I hear that all the time too. It's like, well, getting this degree is not going to get me a raise or a promotion, but it is going to teach you something. What you Go ahead. I didn't want to, I did interrupt, but- Amen. No, this, uh, this is a surprise. So it's not all my show of Q&A and I'm the A all the time because, you know, you have similar experiences and I'm sure you've received somewhat similar and as valuable advice. But yeah, it's, you know, the degree is fine, but I, I look at it like week by week, module by module, class by class, right? Because what I'm teaching here, right? Remember, remember when you always have that one student that says, hey, um, are we going to be doing anything important in class today? <laughs> right. And you want to just like slap around, but you can't anymore in 2022, you can't really hit them with the belt or the ruler. Um, but of course, like you think everything you're teaching is important, whether it was back then or now. And the point is that we, I know you as well, each time we try to cover some content, whether it's lecture, interactive, problem-based, it doesn't matter. The goal is that you have something tangible on the other end to learn from and implement maybe right. that day, maybe the next day, right? And, and so it's not about after two years, what is it that you have that get, like you said, gets me this raise. It's the skill sets you develop. And, and so that's a formal degree, but it's also informal from the mentoring you get from other people. How do you utilize that to implement? And so there's, you know, the scariest thing the scariest phrase that I, I like to use is that most people or many people don't know what they don't know. If you ever get to that point where you think you know everything and there's nothing left to learn, you're in deep trouble. And, and it doesn't matter what stage you are in your career, we all can learn from each other. And, you know, I've, I've learned a lot um, partnering up with you in our program. And, um, and it doesn't have to be clinically based because the clinical skills are, are great. We've talked about this a lot, right? Clinical skills are great. They, they make you a better clinician. You may have better outcomes. But at the end of the day, you have got to have those intangible skills. Right. And, and so, you know, that's what, what Craig instilled in me. He's like, okay, well, you just got all these letters, Conan, but now what? What are you, you going to do with this? Like, how are you going to make a difference uh, in your job, in your profession, in your life with your family? You do something that's going to make a difference. Then become the role model that others see what you did. Right. So they say, how do you do this? And, and you know, how many times do you, you tell someone, oh, I just went well, Australia or whatever. And you're like, oh my God, I'm so jealous. Yeah. Like, don't be jealous. Like, here's the path, make it happen. 
funniest right? thing, you know, funniest thing is I had someone just tell me the other day, you know, we're just just recounting some things. And I wrote a blog a while ago about a bucket list life. And, you know, in the first 40 years of my life, you know, I've done the Great Barrier Reef a couple of times. I've done the Great Wall of China a couple of times. I've earned a PhD. I've written books, all that kind of thing. They're like, that you're living my bucket list, list life. You know, it's like, I'm just living my life on a day-to-day -day thing. I, I never set out to try to accomplish those things. It's just kind of what happened as I was pursuing what was in front of me to do, you know, and that's, I think, what's the most important thing here is, and I think what you're trying to communicate, not, you're not trying, you are communicating, I don't mean to put words in your mouth, I mean, what you're, what you're saying, or what I'm hearing is how I'm, I'm taking it is, listen, you know, you're right, life is, those accomplishments are anticlimactic, you know, and, and I, I, I had the same conversations with oh, my wife, you know, I was like, yeah, completely. It's like, I finished my PhD and I'm like, all right, so I've got it. And you know, I come home and guess what? The mow, the lawn still needs mown. The trash yeah. still needs taken out. You know, it's like, this is kind of, and, and then I get tenure and then I get full professor and, and, you know, you work up these major, major, and they are, and I don't want to downplay them. They are big accomplishments, but the second they're done, they're really only last like two seconds. And then it's like, okay time to wake up and it reminds me of you know a couple of years ago uh, uh there was a it's got like 27 million views on youtube or whatever there's a valedictorian high school speech you know it's all these things this kid gets from uh, down in florida and I, I know it because he's actually a good friend of the family he's one of my son's good friends and um and he he, he was valedictorian of his class in this elite school and he, he writes, it's 16 seconds. And he goes, what do you do with 16 seconds? He goes, I did all this work for 16 seconds of recognition when I got the diploma and this, and he, you know, and that's, and I was, it resonated with me and it obviously resonated with millions of people around the world uh, because that's the reality of life, isn't it? It's, it's not that you accomplish this neat thing and, and that is neat. And we don't want to downplay that or take that away from you, but it's, it's what you do in between. You said something a minute ago that was, profound and I actually made a little note here on my my scratch pad and and what your reference was something um, that ancient people would call liminal space and it's like what I would say life in the hallway you know and, and we talk about life as a series of walking through doors you attain your degree you get professor you write your book you you have some significant accomplishment that you do that you've worked hard to do and and you think of life as a sequence of just walking through doors and life's not good unless i'm always walking through a certain door uh, but we people don't realize and they don't see is life is the hallway between those doors and that's, I think, what you're getting at. And that, I think, was so important. And it's interesting you say this, and I, I'll reiterate again. These are kind of unrehearsed. But I had this conversation with my son last night around 9.30 p.m., sitting around the fireplace, smoking a cigar with my boy. And he's talking to me, and he just graduated, you know, magna cum laude, you know, and he's getting ready to go to vet school and all this. And he didn't get into the vet school he wanted to, but he's got this opportunity to go to another vet school that's a little bit lower on the caliber scale, you know, and I gave him the same advice. I gave him the Jeff Conan advice. It's like, listen, dude, it doesn't matter. At the end of the day, what matters is what you do with the degree. I mean, I've, I've sat on, I don't know, dozens and dozens of search committee chairs. I know you've sat on probably hundreds of search committee chairs and, and talk to people. And it's like, you know, the degree, it's nice and, and you need to have it to get to certain, certain positions. But what we're really looking at here is, 
What have you done? I mean, what have you produced? What have you generated? Those are the things that make a difference. The, the degree gets you the, to the, have the conversation, but it doesn't get you the job. And I tell when my resume classes and my interview classes that I do, it's like, listen, people make this huge mistake and they assume that it's the resume that gets them the job. It's not the resume that gets you the job. The resume gets you the phone call or an interview. It's what you've done and how you communicate that that gets you the job. It's that how well you articulate your life in the hallway, really. You just said something that really struck a nerve for me. And I hear too many people say, well, we talk about networking a lot. So really, this profession is just about who you know. And I think the world is about who you know. But I like to take it a step further. And a step further is it's what you do for who you know. Yeah. And that's what you just talked about, right? Because I know a lot of people. But if I rub them the wrong way, that doesn't do me any good. Um, but, you know, I always tell people do the jobs no one else wants to do. That's when you're noticeable. And that's when people will respect what you do. And so what you do for who you know, is when you have value, because you're showing your worth to others. And, you know, for I didn't go back to get my PhD till later in my career. And uh, I had already written a couple of textbooks. I had been speaking around the world on clinical topics and every faculty position I applied for, I didn't even get an interview. And uh, I, I remember I was at a conference one time and I sat some people down and I said, okay, I just need you to tell me candidly, like, am I being blacklisted? Like what's going on? And they said, no, you don't have your doctorate. And I said, I know I don't have my doctorate, but I wrote four books and I'm given 200 presentations and all these peer-reviewed papers and everything else, like, what do I need a doctorate for? And they said, well, the doctorate demonstrates that you're qualified to speak and write and all these things. And I did a double take. And I said, so I did it backwards? And they're like, yeah, because you need the quote-unquote union card to work at the university, <laughs> right? So all of a sudden, and it wasn't important where I got a doctorate, no one said that. Exactly. They just said, you need a doctorate. <laughs> and then you can get hired anywhere. And honest to God, that's the truth. I mean, there's the system is backwards in some cases because you and I know, right? There's a lot of good people out there that could teach and they have a lot to offer, but they don't have the union card and they get yeah. frustrated just like I did years ago. And, and, you know, let me tell you about books I wrote. You know, the first book I wrote was a kinesiology book. Why? Because the book I had in PT school was useless and cost too much and I didn't understand it. So I went to the publishers the day I graduated school day I graduated school. And I said, I want to write a book that's better than that. And they basically said, and I, and by the way, I call it, talk about mentors. I called this guy whose name is Bill Prentice. Um, <laughs> if you're an athletic trainer, you may have heard of this guy, right? Oh, funny. And, I, and I said, Dr. Prentice, I'm interested in writing a book. Can you give me some advice? And, uh, you know, Bill's another Virginia guy. Yeah. And he said, he goes, yeah, it's pretty easy job. Just tell them what you want to do. And they're going to ask you, who the hell are you? And why should you write a book? And Where's the market? Well, I was nobody. Right. I was one day graduated and I had to sell them on this. The second book I wrote, I was on a float at a bar in Ocean City, Maryland. It's called Secrets. Yeah. And uh, told me this story before. Yeah. <laughs> we were just sitting around talking about, you know, it's so damn hard to learn these special tests because every time you put the book down to go do the test, the book folds back up and you, you lose your page. Right. How come no one's put a book together that's just special tests? And we wrote it down on a napkin. We scratched it out. We told the publishers, here's the pitch. And again, now I'm one year out of school. 
I'm not an academic book writing scholar. I just had these ideas. And thank God these publishing companies have great editors to clean up my bad grammar and writing. But the point was like, what did I do? I tried to make a difference with something that I learned and give it back. Push that idea. You know, it's so funny. I'm laughing because I didn't know that, that part of your story, but I've got the same story. I did it backwards. I didn't get my PhD till later. And here I am. I actually got a faculty position before I had a PhD. And uh, and then I'm meeting with my dean, trying to get a promotion and a raise. I've got a young family and you know, my kids are being born. It's like, my dean is like, yeah, you probably want to make some more money to support your family, but you're not going to be able to get a promotion, be into the tenure faculty line rank until you get a PhD. It's like, why? I've already started this program. I'm, I'm, I'm writing. I'm doing you know, So she made me do that. So I did it. I did it backwards, just like you did after the fact. Same story. I didn't know what I was doing, Jeff, at all. So I had an idea about a book. My first book was very similar in that I just wanted a management book that was better kind of a thing and some different things and, and ha- added some different aspects of what I learned about leadership. Because at the time, most of our management books were purely management, had very little leadership stuff in it. So I did what you did. You said you picked up the phone and called Bill Prentice. I picked up the phone and called um, Dr. Knight, Ken Knight. I just didn't know me from Adam. I just cold called Ken Knight, told him what I was doing, thinking about writing a book. And by the way, I'm going to start a PhD uh, because my dean's making me. Will you be on my committee? And he's like, tell me about your idea. So I told him about my idea. He goes, yeah, that sounds awesome. So he's on my on my my dissertation committee, coached me through the whole process. Talk about a guy who knows how to write and edit. (laughs) I mean, the guy started our journal, in fact. If yeah, I think he did, right. you know, and uh, and so that's just funny, you know, but it's this idea is just two stupid guys who don't right. know what they're doing, who know that they need help. Here's here's the thing I, I heard. Wait, was I one of those two? Was I one of the yeah, two? You and I are the two stupid right, guys, okay. just in case you're wondering, you. Um, you know, but here's what we knew. We knew we were stupid. We knew we didn't know it. Right. And this is this is, I guess, my point And talking about best advice is for the love of God, ask for help. Yes. I mean, yes. ask for help. I mean, this is this is what it's all about. You've got an idea. Why do we think and 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 it's just a human condition. I'm not a psychologist and, and I don't know, but but I, I observed and noticed that we're so afraid to float an idea to someone that's not fully developed yet or it's not been fully vetted or, or we're going to look stupid. And listen, the people who make a difference in the world, the people who people look at and say, man, you're living my bucket list life. You're living an exciting life. It's not because we had it figured out. It's because right. we're willing to make mistakes and ask for help. Yeah, did we ever? And uh, I, I think this is a good time to put a call out there. So here's my surprise to you on the back end of this. But you, you and I both, I, I didn't realize we had similar paths. By the way, Craig Denner was a journal editor as well. So we both picked some pretty darn good mentors to walk us through the, the rigor of scholarship. Uh, but we both uh, believe strongly in mentoring and uh, seeking advice and collaborating with others. So for anybody out there listening, reach out to us. You got something you want to work on? You want to partner with us? You want to collaborate? You want to throw your ideas out? We love to take ideas and try to help make them work and give back to others and, and uh, just see where it can go. Because I, you know, I've heard my whole life how creative athletic trainers are. Right? Give me a roll of tape. I can do anything with it. We'll do it put your money where your mouth is and make it happen. And if you just need that push, reach out to us. Let's talk about it. and Let's make these ideas happen. Because that is basically what drew me to this DAT. I know you and I talked about the same thing. Like 
the opportunity we have, the, the flexibility we have to just help people reach a goal that you know, they've been in a rut and this is going to make a difference for them to take the next step uh, because it's not the initials. It's what we're doing when you're in a program to learn skill sets based on your goals to take you to a place you want to be. And, as, and you know, I say this all the time. When someone tells me I'm living the dream, it drives me crazy. Get out of the dream and go make it happen. That's the key. Right. He's talking about me because that's my patent response. Every day. <laughs> I, mean, I, I hey, how you doing? I'm living the dream, but I am. I mean, but it's a dream that I had pre and thought about. And this is I'm doing what I want to do. And and that's neat. But that's the thing. People say that and they're just waiting for something to happen. And, and you can't. You've got to you got to make things happen. But here's here's my final thought on it. You can't make things happen in isolation. You know, that's oh, the thing great. I'm going to talk about. And I think the thing that's so important, and we are just about out of time here, but you know, I say make things happen. And I don't mean I alone myself will something into fruition, so to speak. That's 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 nonsense. That's ridiculous. What I mean is get an idea, ask for help, do several iterations of it. I mean, my, I drive my students crazy with this and I'm a huge fan. Oh, there's our timer that our time is up, by the way. Oh, I thought that was my oven. No, that's, but dinner's um, ready. That's just, this is the, this idea that uh, I drive my students crazy with the notion of the iterative process and how important it is to reimagine and embrace failure, because that's really what makes you successful is you've got to recognize you, you're never, ever going to come up with a fully formed, developed idea on your own. They all go through iterative processes and multiple iterations, and you need someone else. You have to have someone else to help you with that process, or you're never going to get to where you need to be. You're just going to keep waiting and waiting and waiting, and in waiting, you die. Yeah, listen, uh, I'm going to finish up on a, something that we started on, because you you surprised me about this Hall of Fame quote that I provided in the NATA News. And, and um, I'm going to tell you one of the hardest things I've ever had to do in my career is when the NATA asked me to give them a list of names to thank for acknowledgments that they'll scroll on the screen during the Hall of Fame presentation speech. Uh, it is near impossible when you get to a point of some achieved success that others recognize for you to then compile a list and truly remember every single person along the way that made a difference. Because the thing you know, people don't even realize, like there's people that I put on a the list, they don't even know they made a difference. It's my fault. I should make sure they know this. Um, and I'm doing, trying to do a better job of it now more than ever. Um, but you just never know the impact you have on other people's lives. Uh, and to give back and help and collaborate, network and whatever it might be. But you're right. A lot of times that happens through failure. And, uh, you know, how many times we say to students all the time and, and you get a call back like four years after they graduate. Oh, now I know what you were trying to tell me in school that day. Right. Yep, yep. Uh, that's just, you know, that just happens a lot in life in general. And uh, you're right. To get to any level of satisfaction, success, uh, it's going to require uh, people around you that you learn from, that you receive guidance from. And uh, don't, you're right, don't ever forget that, the importance of that. Yeah, that's huge. That's, that's great advice. So ladies and gentlemen, that is it. We are out so long until next time.